Today, I'm bringing back Aaron Bromage. He's a CNN contributor and biology professor at the University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth. He's been on the podcast before to talk about how to fly safely. So general recommendations for food and snacks if you're on a short-haul flight is just bring your own. And having summer fun. Properly maintained pool water will not be a, a source of spread of the virus. Um, the chlorine that's in it will inactivate virus fairly quickly. But providing helpful tips isn't all Aaron does. As a scientist, he researches the evolution of the immune system and is paying close attention to how ours are responding to COVID-19. I'm going to hand this episode over to him to talk about the ways our bodies are developing or not developing protections against this virus. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. My most recent column for CNN is sort of an immune system 101. For the last 25 years, I have been studying how our immune system responds to viral infections. I can tell you that understanding this is really complex and does not come quickly, and it does take a lifetime of study. So by now, many of us have seen an image or a representation of the coronavirus. It's that tiny round ball that has these little spikes, these little protrusions all over the surface of it. That's fairly easy to visualize. But what's harder to visualize is what is actually happening inside our body to defend ourselves against that virus once it gets in. When a pathogen enters the body, we are hardwired to mobilize a series of cells and proteins to fight it off. If faced with a low dose of virus, our bodies might be able to neutralize it before we even realize that we were exposed. The downside is that our immune system actually learns from having a long, hard-fought war with the virus. While with short battles, it doesn't get the opportunity to train and to learn and to respond more effectively if that threat comes again. So let's say that we do get exposed to a high dose of virus. If our immune system hasn't gone through the training that it needs from that earlier exposure, it doesn't have the tools, it doesn't have the resources to be able to respond to that high dose of virus quickly, which then can lead us to getting sick. What our innate immune system does at that stage is it calls in for help. It calls in essentially the special forces of our immune system, our B cells and our T cells. These cells have receptors that can recognize pathogens, but the pathogens have millions of unique structures. So we need millions of unique B cells and T cells to recognize them. So because of this incredible diversity of pathogen shapes, it may mean that only one B cell and one T cell in our entire body recognizes the pathogen the way that we need to neutralize it. But even that single cell can make amazing things happen. When the cell recognizes the virus, the first thing it does is it makes a copy of itself. So what happens over time is we go from that one individual cell that recognized the virus to literally thousands and tens and thousands of B cells and T cells that have evolved to fight the virus even more effectively than the first cell. Now, certain kinds of these fighter cells, the B cells, produce antibodies. We've been hearing lots about antibodies lately. Diagnostic and antibody testing. The treatment called an antibody cocktail. The presence of antibodies is no longer there. 
So when antibodies are produced, they bind onto the virus and neutralize the virus from getting into our cells. After the threat has been eliminated, B and T cells start to fade away, but they're never completely gone. They hang out in the background in case the virus returns. This battle doesn't all happen at once. It takes many weeks for our bodies to be able to train enough cells and cells of the right type to ensure that they can fight the virus most effectively. Sadly, many people infected with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, may not be able to fight back quickly enough. And those who are older and that have other health concerns may be more likely to succumb to it. This is why an effective vaccine is so crucial, so that our immune system has time to learn to respond to it without making us sick. Now, most people who are exposed to the virus and do get sick will develop antibodies. But one of the things that we are learning is those antibodies may not be long lasting. A recent study in the journal Nature of 149 people that recovered from COVID-19 found that most of them showed significant loss of antibodies within one to two months after recovery. It is also possible that those who have been infected with COVID-19 but did not display any symptoms may still be immune from reinfection. And that's all thanks to those T cells. But if that doesn't work out and those T cells don't provide immunity, it could have profound implications. It could mean that the vast majority of people who are infected, who are asymptomatic, may actually have no protection from reinfection. On June 25th, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimated that only 6% of Americans have been infected with COVID-19. That is a long way from the 70 to 90% required for herd immunity. But we must remember that the CDC estimate is based on antibody testing. And antibody testing does not assess the role of T cells in prevention of infection. So the CDC might not know the number of Americans who have some protection against this virus, because again, having antibodies or T cells doesn't necessarily mean that you are immune. Complete knowledge of the way our bodies respond to COVID-19 will take time and we're only six months into the process. But I'm starting to see a pattern in the data that makes me hope recovering from this disease will lead to protection from reinfection. Our best hope for now is that our leaders take after the immune system and adapt to the new threats that this virus presents. That they, like the body, use what we've learned from the pandemic so far to respond faster and more efficiently to each new challenge. Thanks so much, Aaron. And for more, check out Aaron's weekly column at CNN.com. And if you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at CNN.com. We might include them in our next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.